birthday, church. Happy birthday. 20 years. How did we get here so fast? Wow. Thanks, Ben. Good stuff. Hey, uh, hats off to Pastor Tony and his cast of thousands making this party happen for us this weekend. Thank you very much. It's a lot of work. Fantastic. Happy anniversary, church. It was on September 12th, actually, 1993, that this church held its first ever Sunday morning worship service in the gymnasium of the West Franklin Elementary School. Oh, yeah, some of you were there. 20 years. How did we get here? One prayer at a time. <laughs> well, looks like we made it. I wanted to play that Barry Manilow song this morning. <laughs> looks like we made it. So I asked Karen, I said, hey, grab me a clip of that so I can play it at the beginning of the message. And she did, and she came back and said, you might want to look at the rest of the words of that song before you put it up. <laughs> You, you have no idea how many of those kinds of things Karen has saved you from <laughs> in 20 years. It's pretty amazing. Wow. But we did make it. I'd like to take a little stroll down memory lane, all right? Yeah, that all right? If you're for the first time, it's like, oh, man, why did I pick this week to come? <laughs> a little stroll down memory lane. I don't have any pictures. We're saving those for tonight. Tony's got something together. That's one of the reasons. Another reason I didn't pick, use pictures this morning was because there's so many of you that have been so important. I was afraid your feelings would be hurt if your picture wasn't up there somewhere along the way. But the big reason I didn't want to use pictures is because as I was looking at all the pictures of our history, I could hardly find a single one that didn't have somebody in it who now hates me. <laughs> and so, which is part of church, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't want to look at them, that's all. <laughs> it's not mutual, it's just, anyway, glad I got that off my chest. February 21st, 1993, I hold in my possession a sign-up sheet for an interest meeting that Karen and I held at the, uh, what is now the Columbus Vineyard. I was on staff there. They were a church of about our, the size we are now. They're about 7,000 now. And uh, I was on staff there just briefly to become vineyardized as God was calling me from where I was into the vineyard to plant this church. There are some really cool names on here, and some of you are still here. And, uh, hey, Joe Fleshman, your name isn't on here, but your mom and dad are on here, and your sister's on here, because you were like eight, right, or something like that, or at the time. <laughs> it's fun. It's just fun to look through some of this stuff. Um, here are all the masters for the, the vineyard update. This is pre-email, right? So we made these things. And this one in particular just has some fun things in it. Uh, on the back, it's just before we started holding Sunday night services just to kind of get our feet wet. And, and here, here it says, be one of those who will one day be able to say, I was at the first worship service of the Southwest Vineyard. All right, I thought that would have a bigger reaction than that. But. So I had this interest meeting and there would have been a lot of work that had gone into, you know, prior to that meeting, but we're just going to kind of call that our starting point for today. 
And from that, we started two groups that met in homes. We now call them home groups because they're groups that meet in homes. We called them kinships back then, but we changed it to home groups because they're groups that meet in homes. Are you following my logic there at all? We called them, we had two kinships. One was on South Eureka Avenue in the hilltop right next to the Dark Horse Bar. <laughs> it's a great place to start church. The other was in, uh, we called it the Galloway kinship. It was in the home of Gary and LaRue Basinger in Galloway, who have ever since then have consistently hosted a home group in their home and still do so today. That's pretty cool, huh? That's pretty amazing. It was in that kinship, in that home group, in the living room of that house, that I first met Pastor A. Stephen personally, who was brought as the guest of someone else. And after we had done our Bible study and stuff, when we were out in the kitchen eating some of LaRue's brownies, he looked up at me and he said, someday you will come to India. And I said, I don't even think so. <laughs> Fourteen months later, I was in India going, God, what am I doing here? <laughs> Yikes. Wow. So we had these two kinships and... So after a couple of months, it was in April that Karen and I thought, well, maybe since we have these two separate groups, we should start maybe once in a while having like a joint worship service so that they know one another. And so in April, we started a monthly Sunday night service in the basement of the Hogue Presbyterian Church on West Broad. Anybody know where that is? They had just freshly painted it orange for some reason. I'll just never forget that. And we brought our instruments, and I brought my Bible, and we just tried to figure out our way. It was pretty cool. By the fall of that year, in, the, in September of that year then, we had grown these groups to about 70 people, and um, we decided it was time to have Sunday morning services, so we rented the West Franklin Elementary School every Sunday, and a great custodian named Jack would show up every Sunday morning and let us in, and we would set up chairs, and we would set up our sound equipment, and we would pray and pray and pray, and we had classrooms, we had little kids' classrooms throughout, and uh, that, was our, that was our beginning. We spent that year there, and then in the next summer, there was a bond issue that wasn't going well, and so as a strategy, they decided to kick all the groups out of the church, out of the schools, and so we were forced to leave the school, and we spent the summer in uh, the Galloway Presbyterian Church, and it was there that Don Ivers was, was installed as an elder, and he's been an elder ever since. That's cool. Yeah. We got to go back to the school in the fall, but it wasn't for very long because we shortly thereafter then moved into the Westgate uh, area, into, the, uh, into two storefronts on Wedgwood Drive that we converted into sanctuary and Sunday school space. It was right next to the Westgate Cocktail Lounge. So we moved from the Dark Horse Bar to the Westgate Cocktail Lounge as we were moving on up. We had a great time there. I have so many great memories. We had a great time there, and uh, we did a lot of ministry into the Wedgwood Apartments there, a lot of just showing the love of Jesus to people throughout that neighborhood, and God just really, really blessed us. It was there that we jumped into the waters of servant evangelism. We would very consistently just buy a couple of hundred cans of, of pop, and we'd ice it down, and we'd show up on a hot summer day in an intersection down there, and we would just wait until the light turned red and the cars would accumulate. We'd run out into traffic and we'd say, Diet or regular? 
Say what? Diet irregular, like it was urgent. Diet, I guess. And every now and then somebody said, what, do you, what is this for? And we'd say, we just wanted to show you that God loves you in a practical way. And boom, we'd take off. You could just see him going, what the? It was awesome. It was awesome. We'd have block parties out in the parking lot in front of Wedgwood, our little storefront there. Put up some of that yellow crime scene tape, you know. <laughs> I'd draw a crowd down there, baby. <laughs> Tell them about Jesus. It was awesome. We got to meet a lot of wonderful people and minister to lots and lots of people. It was there while we were in that storefront that I did take my first trip to India. Changed forever. Forever. I came back and I challenged that little group, less than 100 people. I said, um, we need to raise $10,000 so that we can buy a medical vehicle for the ministry in India. I might as well have been $10 million. But in just a few months, we were writing that check. I've seen that. They call it the ambulance. It's got a big red cross on the side. Jeep type thing. I've seen that in remote villages in India at work. It's amazing. So many cherished memories. Of, I call that phase one. You know, it's kind of the pregnancy and delivery phase, you know. Here we are. Wah. We don't know what we're doing. Wah. God, take care of us. Wah. It was great. I wouldn't trade a minute of that. It was hard, yeah. <laughs> it was great. That was phase one. Phase two, we traded up our building. We traded up from our uh, storefront over to a little white church building on Demarest Road just south of Franklin Heights High School. Anybody know where that is? Yeah. We were able to purchase that building, but in the purchase of it, we traded, actually. There was a declining, aging congregation inside. About 20 people left, and they didn't know what to do. They put their building up for sale, and, uh, and they put their building up for sale, and, and, but they needed a place to meet. And so we said, well, we'll buy your building, and then you can take over our little lease on our little place. They said, perfect. Then we had to figure out how to get some money to buy their building. bank wouldn't loan us any money. I don't know why. Just because we didn't have any. I don't know. <laughs> and so three of us, Karen and I and Don and Kathy Ivers and Gary and LaRue Basinger, we went to the bank together. And we said, we need $120,000 or whatever. And we signed on the dotted line, signed our lives away. And we personally borrowed that money for the church. It's just what you had to do. It was great. And we moved in there and had a, moved in there on Labor Day weekend of 1996 and had almost five just fantastic years there, didn't we, Dave? Hi, Dave. Sharon with I leaned on the button. <laughs> on in and out. Hello? We'll give it one more chance, then I'll switch to guns. So we had five great years there, and I loved that place. I just loved that place. I loved being there. I loved the ministry that happened there, and I loved the building. 
You know, we could we could cram 180 people in the sanctuary if we really worked at it, and and we had multiple services there. And but there was something about that building that I'll just never forget. And it was the way the light came through the windows and fell on the people. It had stained glass windows, not like the Lutherans with like, oh Jesus, but just like the 60s stained glass windows with the little pieces of colored glass. You know what I'm talking about? And uh, and and it just came through and just fell on the people, and it was so easy to preach there. We were so close to people. God did some very, very cool stuff there. It's fantastic. And uh, it was there that we launched, uh, increased our, 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 our ministry, our missions ministry. We went to, I went to India again. Uh, we made several trips to Brazil and started our ministry in Brazil. We actually, I think, took our first trip to Turkey there from that building. And... Uh, we ended, ended that whole era, that phase, with several months in the auditorium of Franklin Heights High School as we got ready to move here. I love that place, too. That was phase two. Phase three started, I call it Easter Sunday 2001, which was the first service that we had right where we are right now, here. And uh, we'd already been here many, many times. Many times we'd been out here on this property. It was a cornfield when we bought it, and many times we came out. Many of you came out, and we prayed, didn't we? We prayed, God, what are we doing here? One night, I remember Sean Chapman and I, we, we camped here overnight, and we just fasted and prayed for the two days, and we just said, God, what are, what are we doing here? What, what are we doing here? Why, why are we getting this property? What's supposed to happen next? And it was here in that camp out, I remember that the Lord gave me as close to a vision as I've ever had where, where that where something came up out of the ground, and, and the Lord said, build for me first a house of prayer. And we built that little hiding place out there where you can go and pray. And that was the first thing we built on this property. And we just went out there and prayed as all this was being built. And, and, it, and we've been praying out there ever since. Lots of you came out and prayed, too. I remember bringing leaders out here, and we'd get down in the mud. I said, yeah, now we're going to get down on our knees. We're going to what? We're going to get down on our knees right now in this cornfield, and we're going to pray, and they did. We had great times. I remember one time before we started building this, we set up a tent, much like the one that's out there. You know, it's out there in where you park your cars now, where the asphalt is now, and the tent was set up out there. And Denny and I, we had taken, you know that paint that you mark uh, utilities with, the ground paint? And we had carefully put on the ground the outline of this whole building with where the auditorium would be and the lobby and the restrooms and every classroom. We carefully measured it out, and then we had the leaders come and give tours to people of the new building. <laughs> on your left is the auditorium, as you can see. And <laughs> it was a blast. It was just fun. It was great. We've done a lot of things here, and we've really seen God do a lot of amazing things here. The countless lives that God has touched. It's his work. It's not ours. And he's done it. We've been blessed by God to be able to plant two great churches out of this fellowship in the time that we've been here. In Madison County Vineyard, where Denny, Pastor Denny, he took a group and out to London and, can, and planted the Madison County Vineyard Church. And that's a great church. They serve that community like crazy. They're a wonderful church. And then a few years later, Pastor Paul Bradshaw rose up from among us and took a group to Franklinton, and some of you were a part of that for a time to help it get going, and some of you continue to be a part of it as you go down and help serve the needs of that very poor community. We, uh, it's while we've been here that we built a center for street children in Castanhal, Brazil. You say, what? We don't talk very much about that. 
place. We sent missionaries there. Not everybody knows Scott and Jack, jo, Becky Jolenbeck went for five years there. And among the things that they did while they were there is they helped us purchase property and erect a facility that we were originally envisioned as a, a residential place for street children to come, a children's home. But we could never get the approval from the government that we needed. So we switched it over. By God's leading, we switched it over and we gave it to a group of churches there called Project Amazon, wonderful people that we've been a part of for many years. And they now operate it as a day center for street children who can come in during the day and be fed and be educated and hear about Jesus. That happens every day. And it was here that we started that. It was here that we built a children's home in Bangalore, India. You know I've talked about this so much. And that 14 little girls, most of, many of, most of whom would not be alive today if not for your generosity in that children's home. We've sent youth and adult teams to Mexico, Nicaragua, and Honduras, to the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota, the Shepherd's Ministry in Wisconsin, and many other things. We've sent multiple teams to New Orleans after the Hurricane Katrina in 2005. We sent a response team to Haiti following the horrific earthquake of 2010. We're continuing to drill many freshwater wells in the remote villages of south-central India and open Celebrate Recovery just two months ago with over 100 weekly participants. So what have you been doing? This has been an amazing 20 years as a fellowship. And Karen and I are so grateful to God for what he has done in your lives, and our lives too. And we're so grateful to God for leading every single one of you, whether you're new here or whether you've been a part of this for a long time. God's timing is always perfect, and he's led you here by his own hand. And we're so grateful to him. I think it'd be fun just to see who's here today. Let's do this. If you're a person here today who found your way to the Grove City Vineyard here since Easter of 2001, in other words, this has been your building, uh, would you please stand so we can see what you guys look like? Look at this here. Praise God for you guys. That's why we came. Yeah. You can go ahead and sit down. We saw you in our prayer. We saw you. That's why we got down on our knees in the mud. We saw you. If you found your way to this vineyard while we were in the White Building on Demarest or in the Franklin Heights High School in 2000, uh, uh, please stand. We, what do you guys look like? <laughs> there you are. <laughs> Now, if you've been a part of the Grove City Vineyard pretty much since the beginning, meaning that you were with us in the storefront on Wedgwood or even earlier, would you please stand? We need to know what you look like. There we go. <laughs> so where are we now after 20 years? Let me tell you where I think we are, well, where we are. We're a congregation of 1,000 people. We're a congregation of 1,000 people. Last week, we seated 749 people in our services. Experts who study these kind of things say that in America today, approximately 75% of a church is typically in attendance at any given time. 
749 means that I, even I can do that math in my head. We're a, we're a congregation of 1,000 people. Hello? I know. We're touching many, many, many lives. God is touching many lives here in Grove City. Weekly gatherings, we see God come, we see him move, we see him touch people. We see him cause the gospel message to make sense to them. We see God make himself real to people. We see people saved, we see people healed, we see people delivered, we see marriages rescued. We see, we see God moving and touching the lives of people. Raise your hand if God has touched you through the ministry of this church. Somehow, some way. We see God touching people in our life groups, our home groups, our various life groups, wherever they meet. We see when people are coming face-to-face with each other and learning how to be believers with each other authentically, learning how to love one another, learning to have heart-to-heart relationships and support one another, and learning how to sin against one another and forgive each other. Both of those things are important aspects of the Christian faith. You know that, right? I mean, I figure that if Jesus spent so much time talking about how we must forgive one another, he was counting on one thing, that we would sin against one another. You learn this not in a group of a thousand. You can't have a heart-to-heart relationship with hundreds of people. You can have them in the face-to-face relationships of the groups that meet in homes or meet at Starbucks or wherever the group is meeting. We see lives changed through the Celebrate Recovery ministry now. It just blesses me so much every week when they ask the group, who wants to start their recovery today? People who are there for the first time come into a strange room. People they've never seen before, but drawn by God into this room. Who wants to start their recovery from whatever their addiction is? Today and every single week, somebody comes up and says, I want to start my recovery today. That's awesome. We see lives change in these relationships. You'll never be the same because of the people that you've met here. We're continuing to reach out to the hungry and the homeless through our food bank and through our continuing participation in Bridge Builders Ministry, which ministers to the homeless camps of our community. We're continuing to touch many other places here in the U.S. and around the world, India, Brazil, Arms of Love Children's Home in Nicaragua, Pine Ridge Indian Reservation in South Dakota, Shepherd's Home for the Disabled Adults, in Wisconsin, Pregnancy Decision Health Center here in Columbus, so many, many things we're a part of. We're financially supporting the work of Colin and Lisa Tuggle as they're endeavoring to plant a network of churches in the Adirondack region of upstate New York. And we have many of the normal bells and whistles of the contemporary American church. We have a youth ministry. We have a youth pastor. Whoa! We have a worship ministry. Whoa! Seriously? These things may sound really normal to you. But for those of us who gathered on South Eureka next to the Dark Horse Bar, this is a freaking big deal here, all right? (laughs) This is a big deal. No one could have predicted this. And one of the things I'm really, really excited about is that we are 45 months away from being completely debt-free with about $2.5 million worth of property. Man, no one was more scared at a bank table than I was when we said, yeah, sure, we'll take a million and a half dollars to build a building. Why not? 
45 months. I got socks older than that. <laughs> and I'm wearing them. <laughs> 45 months. That's going to be a party. Got to have a party on that day. I have to admit, Karen and I are, are really kind of surprised. Surprised that we're still here. That Karen and I, I mean, not that you're still here, but that we're still here. And that the reason is, is that if you know us, you know we're a lot better at starting fires than we are at tending them, right? I mean, along the way, we've had the blessing by God of just being able to start fires, start fires. Standing around watching them burn ain't that much fun for a fire starter. And we love you, of course, and you'll be here as long as God says to be here. But I have to say that he has used this mortgage as a leverage tool with me. And basically... It goes like this. You led them into this debt. You are going to lead them out of this debt. So where do we go from here then? If that's where we've been. Well, I am very excited to announce that next month we will be launching a $4 million capital funds campaign so we can build a 3, 000, new 3,000-seat sanctuary with a large bronze statue of me in front of it. <laughs> Sorry. Of you, okay, of you. <laughs> Wow. You all know better than that, right? There will be no more debt under my leadership. There, read my lips, no new mortgages. Somebody comes along with the revelation of God that we're supposed to build something bigger or something different. They better come with a revelation of God in their checkbook, too. Where are we going from here? Three things. We're going to press on toward the goal. In the scripture behind me in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says, Not that I've already obtained all this, or I've already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. God, God had called Paul to something. God had showed Paul that thing. He'd shown Paul that thing. And Paul spent his life pressing on toward it, never giving up, pressing on, pressing on. He faced all kinds of opposition, faced all kinds of challenges. He faced the devil himself, but he kept pressing on because God had given him a vision. God had shown him something that he had to do. And we're going to press on. We're going to continue to press on to do the thing that God called us to do. What's the goal, Tom? The goal is the same today as it was in the beginning. We are called by God to be a church for people who didn't think they'd like church. We are called to be something unique. We are not called to be a regular church. When God called us to begin this church, I did my research and discovered that there were over a thousand churches in Franklin County. A thousand churches. 
plenty of them good churches. And my heart was not for people who were looking for a good church. My heart was to find people who were outside of that circle who said, I don't want to go to church. I can't believe the church would have anything for me. But if you can persuade me there's a God, I want in. And so we're a little different here. We're a little different here. And we're going to stay different here. We are not... We are not on our way. We are not trying to become a respectable church. Because in becoming a respectable church, we would be disobeying the vision of God. Are you hearing me, church? We're called to be something different, something unusual, something unique. And some of you came here, and the minute you got here, you go, This is my place. This is my place. I can't get away from this place. Some of you have tried to get away in your back. (laughs) Because God made this place for you. He didn't make it for respectable church people. He made it for you. And some people come and, you know, they like the authenticity. They talk to me about how cool it is, how how real it is. But after a while, sometimes they say, I gotta go. It's just too raw. It's too it's it's too crass. That's because that's what we're called to be. Some people say I've liked it here for a while, but I gotta go to a regular church for a while, get some air. And I say, if you don't like the way we smell, God bless you. This is our smell. You are our people. And a lot of you can relate to that. A church for people who didn't think they liked church. Some of you may remember the story that when we were a little itty-bitty church, we were in the white building, and man, we didn't have hardly two nickels to rub together, and we bought these pens. And we still have those pens, and I think they still say a church for people who didn't think they liked church on them. But we ordered a thousand of them, and they misprinted it. And we had a thousand pens that said a church for people who didn't think. (laughs) That explains a lot, doesn't it? Man. Our strategy for reaching the lost is very simple. Be faithful to the original calling of God on us as a church. We're not going to clean up. We're not going to be a slick production church. We've got three plays that we run every week. Worship, preaching, and ministry. Those are the only three plays we know. We're not looking for razzle-dazzle. We're called to be this church. How are we going to get there? Same way we got here. To pray without ceasing. This is just a prayer meeting that got out of control. We prayed a lot in the beginning. We pray a lot now. We may pray differently in different groups and different sessions, but we pray. We're going to pray without ceasing. We're going to worship God passionately, simply, and authentically. Our worship has to be real. We're going to feed the hungry. We're going to take care of the poor. We're going to openly share the gospel message indeed, and if necessary, with words. We're going to disciple those who are new to the faith. We're going to equip the saints to bring the kingdom of God into the world around them. And we are going to continue to grow deeper in our experience of God and in the realities of his kingdom here on earth. That's what we're going to do. We're not going to do anything else. 
If what you're thinking doesn't fit into what I just said, then you need to find yourself a respectable church. So we're going to keep pressing on toward that goal. Second, we're going to live up to what we already attained. In verse 16 of this text behind me, Paul says in verse 16, only let us live up to what we've already attained. There you go. Right from the Bible. Let's not give up any ground. Let's not make this about... mm. Let's take ground and let's keep it. We're going to do our best to provide you with the staff here and the leadership to help meet the challenges of your life. You have challenges. We're doing our best to respond to them. Organize ourselves in such a way that we can make a quality response to your life and help you go deeper in following hard after Jesus. We cannot predict with any accuracy what's coming next. I don't even try. We're just going to respond to your needs. We're going to respond to the people God brings and his voice, his leading. If someone would have told me a year ago that we were going to have a celebrate recovery that had the largest opening night of the state of, in the state of Ohio, I would have said, what exactly is celebrate recovery now? <laughs> we're just going to respond. Is that all right? And we're going to do one more thing. We're, going to, we're always going to be remembering our first love. We're always going to be remembering our first love. Our first love is Jesus. Our first love isn't success. Our first love isn't progress. Our first love isn't our reputation in the community. Our first love is Jesus Christ. It's that simple. In Revelation chapter 2, in the first of seven letters to the churches, the Lord says something to the church in Ephesus. It kind of fits us in some ways, I think. I mean, maybe I'm being presumptuous. Of course I am. We're not Ephesus. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, right? These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. He says, I know your deeds, your hard work, your perseverance. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. And then verse 4, he says, yet I hold this against you. I'm not saying this is a word from the Lord for our church. I'm saying this is a word from the Lord as a way of principle that should always be in front of us. He said, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. It's so easy to be distracted from that, isn't it? Get into the other stuff. And he says, remember the height from which you have fallen. And then he says, repent. Gee, I think I spent a whole message last week talking about what it means to repent. Repent. Turn back to God. And do the things you did at first. And do the things you did at first. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do the things we did at first. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to preach the word. We're going to ask God to bring his kingdom into the room. We're going to go out on the street corners with cold pop. We're going to do the things God shows us to do. Do the things you did at first. This is really the key to a healthy walk with Jesus, is just keep doing the things you did at first. I don't think following Jesus was ever meant to be complicated. It's like a marriage. If you want your marriage to stay healthy, 
do the things you did at first. If your marriage has grown stale, think about the things you did in the beginning. A couple of months ago, in the middle of the night, I was awake, she was awake. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. I said, let's go out and get some breakfast. (laughs) We went to TJ's, hung out with the bar crowd. That's a very interesting place at 2 o'clock in the morning. That's the stuff we did in the beginning. You've got to keep it fresh, people. It's the same way with our walk with the Lord. Do what we did in the beginning. Go back. Remember when you first found Christ? You were so excited. You couldn't get enough of this Bible thing. You couldn't pray enough. Couldn't worship. Couldn't find enough other people to talk with, it about, talk with him about. We're going to do what we did at the beginning. My second reason for really not wanting to play the song Looks Like We Made It was because it would be wrong to say so, because the glory of our celebration today is not in anything that we have made, but in the things that God has done among us. Everything we've done will perish. The building itself, pre-engineered structural steel by the tons, will perish. But what God has sown into the lives of you all in this box is eternal. The Bible says in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So we're really not having a celebration for ourselves today to congratulate ourselves for celebrating what the Lord has done. Yeah? So I just want to thank you. This sounds more like a speech than a sermon, but... I just want to thank you. I, I really mean that. I want to thank you all. I want to thank you for your, your sacrifice. I don't ever want to minimize the prices that you have paid to give God something to work with. <laughs> I'm preaching right now. Okay. I, I, I <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. No, no, you don't want to do that. <laughs> okay. Let me get this plane on the ground quick here. Uh, Buckle up. It's going to be an abrupt landing. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for teaching in the children's ministry. Thank you for handing out pop on hot corners. Thank you for tithing for the millions of dollars you have given in 20 years to cause us to do things here and around the world. Thank you. Thank you for being leaders. Thank you for being elders. Sometimes I look at my elders meeting, and I sit with those four guys, and I go, really, Lord, really, these guys? And... He's like, yeah, that's how we're going to keep it honest here, these guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you for serving. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you, God, for this place. And the question that remains for us now is if God can do this with us, surrendered lives, what what can he do with you? What's next for you? Next week, I want to bring a message called The Power of Your Life. God has shown me something. I'm very excited to show you. Just one message. But the question that lingers is, okay, so if Tom and Karen sitting at their dining room table in Westerville one day said, God, and took a blank sheet of paper, what would the church look like if it were really yours? And something like this comes. What could God do in your life? What's waiting to happen? Thank you, God, for these men and women and these young people who come here and week after week just look at me and say, is God real? Is God saying anything? Is God interested in my 
and my pain and my disease and my addiction? Does God want to celebrate in my life with me? Does God really want to come and, and, and be a part of us? Thank you for them, Lord, and thank you for the privilege that you have given to Karen and me to spend these 20 years on our knees in this crazy place. I can't believe we're still here either, Lord, but we'll, it's your call. I love these people. It's a great fire you've got burning here, Lord, and I just pray that you will continue to be the leader of it. Continue. Nothing will slip from that. Nothing will ever change from that, but that you are the king, you are the pastor of this church, you're the shepherd of your flock. Your Holy Spirit is welcome here without reservation. Your, the move of your Holy Spirit is desired and longed for in deeper and deeper ways so that you'll just get more glory. God, thank you in all these 20 years for keeping us from being religious, for being figured out how to do this ourselves. And thank you for keeping us dependent on you. Every week's a new week. It's like a blank sheet of paper every week, Lord. We don't know what to do unless you come. And thank you for that. Thank you for the lives that have been touched, the people who are saved for eternity. Thank you for the bodies that have been healed, the people who have been rescued, the people who aren't smoking dope anymore and who are living clean lives. Thank you, God. Thank you for the victory that that's been brought through this place. Thank you for the lives that have been touched, the ones who are here and the ones who have gone on other places. Lord, bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Bless them in the name of Jesus. Thank you for Denny's church, Denny and Lori's church, and thank you for Paul and Kim's church, and thank you, Lord, for the small part that we had in just helping them to get going. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, because we're not done yet. Thank you, Lord, that you're stirring in our hearts a desire to continue to serve you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Lord, we just ask you as a fellowship, not only to be the leader of us, but to continue to just take from us everything you want. Take everything you want, Lord. Teach us how to open our hands, our hearts, so that you can have everything that you want. Thank you again, Lord. We celebrate this day together. In Jesus' name.